What do you know, everybody? It's the holiday season, and just popped up on your internet feed is a free chunk of the Taoist Lecture Series. How kind of you! What, what could you possibly be thinking? Because I'm a crazy man. No, the couple of things. One, because I particularly enjoy it, and apparently quite a few people do as well. Two, because it was the first uh, hundred or so people who downloaded downloaded this file was somewhat damaged in the sense that it goes through almost the entire thing and then at the very end there's a minute of silence before the audio picks up again. So there was a little technical problem there, but it has been fixed now. So you guys can, even those of you guys who have already ordered the Taoist Lecture Series, can replace the previous file for this particular episode with this current one. And at this point, all files should be good. So yeah, this is one of, I believe, if I remember correctly, 16 Taoist lectures. This is one of them. It's a way for you guys to get a feel for it. If you just like this and that's it, great. If you want to check out the rest, they are up for sale on the website. And we'll include a link in the episode notes. All in all is about seven hours worth of material, a little over seven hours, divided in 16 chapters. And you're getting a free beer. Specifically, you're getting a chapter entitled, rather poetically, Tao is the shit. Before we get rolling on that, we want to give a quick shout out to our new friends at getmeister.com, G-E-T-M-Y-S-T-E-R.com. They're a company that have a whole slew of awesome products that our audience might appreciate. Um, one is something they call the fog pen, which is a personal vaporizer disguised as a luxury pen, and it certainly is cool, and you know, as with anything like this, I'm sure it's only for use with legal purposes in your area. And uh, they also have a really cool new thing called the stash tray. So stashtray.com, that's a pretty incredible piece of engineering right there that you might be interested in. It is a holiday season, so we figured we'd throw a shout out to them for being so kind to us, and y'all should check it out because I think you're really going to dig it. Yeah, those of you guys who are into smoking, whether we're talking tobacco or about those crops that are currently legal in two states, no, four, three, now, how many are we up now? but more than done exactly luxury items dealing with smoking please check them out if that's your thing and if it's not just go ahead and enjoy the show for today so check out the website and give them a shout at getmeister.com and let them know that you heard about them on the Drunken Dows podcast by using the discount code DAO T-A-O and receive 10% off plus a special gift and now here's your holiday gift Dow's the shit <laughs> We're now gonna turn to Chuanzu to solve the riddle of why I feel like throwing up anytime people talk to me about spirituality. Let's look at Chuanzu's story here. Story goes that this one poor guy, as we'll see by the end of the story, a man called Tung Kuotsu, we'll call him Tung for short, decide to question Chuanzu regarding what exactly was this Tao that Chuanzu was always talking about. And Chuanzu replied, it's everywhere. But Dung wanted more than that. He's like, okay, well, where? Point to me, you know, what is this Tao? Where can I find it? Chuanzu right then and there pointed to an ant that was crawling on the ground and said, right there, the Tao is in that ant. Dung was puzzled that something so grandiose as the Tao, something, you know, the foundation of the universe could be found in an ant, something so lowly and ordinary. 
So, you know, it's entirely possible that Tongue was just being a pain in the butt because the fact is this notion that God or the essence of the universe or however you want to define ultimate reality can be found in everything is something that most many religions and philosophies hint at. However, Tang didn't take the hint and so gave Chuanzu a chance to let loose with some of his comments. In short, very quickly Chuanzu started to explain that if uh, Tung wanted to find a Tao, he should look in the grass, in some broken tile, and, among other things, in the steaming pile of shit that a dog had just deposited nearby. Now, Tong truly had no idea how to go on in this conversation and probably didn't want to be part of this conversation anymore. I mean, he had come to question this amazing master renowned for his deep wisdom and spirituality regarding the secrets of the ultimate secret, the Tao, the foundation of the universe, and he was getting a discussion about dog shit? Really? Transu was probably having a blast. He was probably just laughing his ass off and having a great time. There were other ways he could have explained this concept. His lesson could have been made in more delicate manner, but you know, he was having fun with this guy. By the way, that's the end of the story. In case you are wondering if there's a punchline, the punchline was already there. So what exactly are, you know, what are we saying here? Um, indulge me one more second and look at the, what Zen master Lin Chi used to say to his disciples when they would question him about how to reach enlightenment. Well, so you guys are wondering how to reach enlightenment. Here are the words of wisdom from Zen master Lin Chi for you. Shit, peace, and just be human. Eat when hungry, sleep when you're tired. That's it? That's the secret to enlightenment? Shit, peace, and just be human? Eat when you're hungry and sleep when you're tired? According to Lin Chi, yep, that's what it is. You know, this is hardly sound like spirituality or hardly sound like if this is what Zen is, if Zen is about just do ordinary things, why do you even have to become to study Zen, to explore the topic? What's Taoism is about if it's in everything and everywhere? I mean, what are these guys trying to say, really? Well, what they are trying to say is that they are trying to counter the highly romanticized ideas that many people nourish regarding spirituality. Most uh, so-called spiritual seekers are so intrigued with this idea of spirituality as something removed from the ordinary, something that's, you know, the sacred as opposed to the profane, what they are forgetting in this process is that real spirituality is nothing but daily life lived with full consciousness, with full awareness. Ultimately, when you look at words such as, you know, in Buddhism, the idea Buddha is nothing but an ordinary person. The difference between an ordinary person and Buddha is that Buddha goes through life awake, while an ordinary person goes through life sleepwalking. But that's it. If the ordinary person was able to open their eyes and look at life for what it is, they would be a Buddha as well. So here the idea is not that spirituality is like this forgotten dimension somewhere that you can only achieve by meditating for 20 years high up in the Malayas next to goats and monasteries or something. Real spirituality is about right here, right now, 
living with complete and total awareness. And this is the exact opposite of what all the posers who fill their mouth with words about spirituality are all about. That's why Chuan Tzu and Lin Chi have fun. I mean, their shit piece and be human or Chuan Tzu's story talking about dog shit. These guys are having fun with people who are who have too lofty an idea of spirituality. You know, Lin Chi, for example, would always yell at his disciples, telling them not to love the sacred and disdain the profane. Because the reality is that the two are one and the same. There's only one life, there's only one world. There is no sacred life and profane life. There is no spiritual as opposed to non-spiritual. There's only going through life aware or not doing so. But that's really the only difference. Other master, guy, um, guy by the name of Tao Chi, when they ask him why was it that he spent so little time in monasteries, meditating and doing the things that other so-called spiritual masters were supposed to do, Tao Chi replied, drinking in wine shops and sleeping in brothels. This is where I practice best. Again, drinking in wine shops and sleeping in brothels. This is where I practice best. To the ears of the those who are all starry-eyed and uh, are all have this vision of spirituality about crystals and incense and good karma and whatever the hell, these words are like nail on the chalkboard. How can somebody talk about drinking alcohol and having sex with hookers as a deep spiritual practice? What the hell is that? And not only that, but doing it tongue-in-cheek. You know, these guys are talking about dog shit, about wine, about a whole array of very inappropriate topics as uh, part of their spiritual path. And in a way, the whole point of this is that so-called spiritual people take themselves way too seriously. And in doing so, they miss the very serious point, which is gaining awareness in life. Spirituality in their hands turn into a otherworldly game rather than in a real experience. So in many, many cases, and that's probably why I throw up whenever I hear people speak about spirituality, is because... I see far too many people who try really, really hard to live to some kind of idealized image of what spirituality is supposed to be about. And again, let's be clear here. When I say the word spiritual makes me throw up, depends on who's saying it. Some people say the word spiritual and they know exactly what they mean and, you know, it's just a word, but I may not use that word. I may use something else, but I see nothing wrong with what they are saying. In many other cases, somebody will use the word spiritual and it comes from a place that's separating life in little compartments. There's the little spirituality compartment that's kept away from, that's kept away from ultimately being a complete human being, where by dissecting life in all these little boxes, they are segregating spirituality from the rest of life. And there really can't be no bigger mistake and ultimately, there can't be anything who's most anti-spiritual as revering spirituality as this different dimension. So in so many cases, when I talk to them, I read certain books on the topic, 
is bizarre because I can think of books that I've read on the topic where I agree with 99.9% of what's been said. I could feel like I could be saying the same thing. And yet, despite the fact that I agree with the whole thing, I want to punch the author of the book because it comes from a place that feels uh, disingenuous. It feels like a little lesson that they are reciting as opposed to being part of who they are and what they have experienced. Their actions, their demeanor strike me as somebody who's trying too hard. Somebody who actually, you know, the words they may be using are all the right ones and yet something there is missing. I think I wrote this in one of my books, I believe it was on creator and religion. I said, rather than being something that they learn naturally along without to wipe their asses and play in the mud, spirituality to them is a mystical discovery, a special sacred state of consciousness entirely distinguished from everyday life. And this is precisely the stuff that drives me insane. And this is precisely the stuff that drives Chuanzu insane. It's precisely the stuff that drives Lynchy insane. The point of the Chuanzu's dog shit story, the point of Lynchy uh, sleep when you're um, tired and eat when you're hungry. Which, by the way, that in itself is beautiful because every other person who ever studied Zen quotes that saying by Lin Chi and they always say eat when hungry sleep when tired and they soberly skip the first part of the sentence that say shit peace and just be human you know even when trying to make the point about being natural and accepting all aspects of life they do it in a way that their decorum prevents them from actually fully quoting Lin Chi but in any case tangent closed what I was saying is the point of Lynchy saying stuff like that. The point of Chuanzu's rather gross story about dog shit is the refusal to divide life between the sacred and the profane. Because this division is the foundation of something very perverse. And it's ultimately going to lead you to miss the whole point of Taoism or Zen. Because the whole point of Taoism and Zen Buddhism are about finding that experience right here and right now. And the ultimate hallmark of somebody who gets it, they are not going to look like some saint who's uh, in flowy robes who tell you, my child, uh, let me reveal to you the secrets of spirituality. That's some fortune cookie crappy idea of spirituality. That's stereotype it's not the real thing the way the real thing is gonna look like is somebody who is genuine who's a complete human being who's in touch with all aspects of life who can uh, talk deep philosophy while singing an eminem song is about somebody who can capture within themselves so many different aspects that appear paradoxical seem weird but they only appear paradoxical and weird because people are used to keeping all these dimensions separate and instead what we have here is somebody who goes through life with awareness with unwillingness to try to appear something other than what they are and ultimately somebody who's going to reveal to you that real spirituality is uh, how you get up in the morning how you walk, 
how you smile, how you fight, how you play with kids, how you, you know, all the actions of everyday life, that's where spirituality will show up. It's not going to show up in your quote-unquote spiritual moment when you're talking spirituality. Screw that. It's going to show up in everything you do, in every, not to quote the police, but in every breath you take. You know, real spirituality doesn't, that's the other thing that drives me insane. When people start using this special spiritual lingo and they have their all their catchwords that they use to, again, it's part of this um, desperate effort to embody something that they are not. You know, there's way too much self-importance around so-called spiritual people. Part of the problem with this is that when those who emphasize this uh, romanticized notion of spirituality will also emphasize only certain values against others. From a Taoist standpoint, this is going to be a big problem because these are people who are going to emphasize a lot of the yin values. They are going to emphasize being softness, uh, being able to yield, flexibility, gentleness, all things that are good, don't get me wrong, these are all qualities that should be emphasized, that should be adopted. Hell, that's what a lot of the Tao Te Ching is all about, but yet not adopted or developed or emphasized by themselves in a vacuum without at the same time feeding their very opposite, feeding toughness, fearlessness, assertiveness, willpower, all the more yang quality. When people say spirituality, they are choosing sides. They are putting life at odds with other aspects of life. And in yin-yang balance means they pick one side over the other. That's not Taoism. Taoism is about having both, combining both, being both. So rather than being all yin or all yang for that matter, it's about having both at the same time. Now, even though it's certainly pleasant, you know, a lot of the spiritual people tend to be, for the most part, you know, I'm being a pain in the ass right now because a lot of these human beings are people who are trying to be nice, who are trying to improve themselves. They are trying to do things that are clearly better than those who are just mean, rude, annoying human beings. And yet, in a lot of the spiritual crowd, there's no fire. There's no crazy intensity that you know there's none of that Nietzsche quality of just that deep powerful intense feelings that are threatening to tear you apart unless you find a way to express them a way to embody them there's uh, ultimately there's no passion a lot of the time there's pleasant little smiles with no damn passion and pleasant little smiles are great but if you sacrifice passion in order to have them you're really missing the point which is why, incidentally, you know, you, you thought you were listening to a lecture series about Taoism. Well, other questions will be answered right now. Why the hell is that that so many women, including very smart women, find the bad boys so much more attractive than the sweet, gentle ones? I mean, the sweet, gentle ones are polite. They are nice. They are less likely to cheat on you. They are more likely to worship you and adore you. Hell, that's a good thing, right? That's what you want. And yeah, you do want that. But at the same time, if it's like 
having a puppy or something. I mean, it's sweet, it's cute, it's nice, it adores you. But where's the damn intensity? You know, where's the crazy passion that makes you tear your clothes off? You know, one without the other is limited. You know, if all you got is the crazy passion that makes you tear your clothes off, well, that's awesome. But what about all the other good qualities? The fact that you are sweet and sensitive and caring and all of that. You need both. One without the other, again, is a bad stereotype. And that's precisely what Taoism argue against. It's about yin and yang, again. It's not about bad uh, boys who are passionate but unreliable and ultimately somewhat of an asshole. Or the sweet, mellow ones who lack intensity. It's about combining the best of both those characteristics because those characteristics speak the language of life. They are about yin and yang, both of them at the same time. So much of this is about embracing so-called spirituality in the midst of chaos, the kind of conditions that most people don't associate with spirituality. Is about having a somewhat barbaric spirituality, a spirituality that's not sound like a fortune cookie and is uh, fits in a beautiful painting, but is a real spirituality that's something that you can go out to dinner with, that an attitude that you can bring in anything you do, whether it's uh, laughing with kids, cussing when something falls down, it's something that is part of all of life. You know, a role model in this is Zen master Ikkyu Sojun, my all-time idol. Ikkyu's whole life was about refusing to divide the sacred and the profane. Ikkyu was considered as having an extremely sharp wit, as having an intuitive grasp of Zen that hardly anyone matched during his lifetime. And yet at the same time, his whole notion of Zen mastery wasn't separate from going out drinking sake, chasing women all the time, to things that he was particularly devoted to. There's a story about Ikkyus shortly before dying when some of the guys who had been traveling with him, listening to his teachings, he's addressing them and saying, after I die, some of you guys will go off into the mountains to meditate. Some other of you guys are going to spend your time chasing women and having wild sex. Both types of Zen are fine with me. But if you become a professional cleric and start blabbing about Zen as the way, then you're my enemy. Check that out. Meditating in the mountains or wild sex, both of according to EQR, both types of Zen are fine with me. But if you start blabbing as Zen as the way, you know, he's about... If you bring a Zen attitude to crazy, wild, epic bouts of sex, to meditation, to whatever you want, it doesn't matter whether you're meditating on the mountain or doing something else. It's about having the Zen consciousness in everything you do. On the other hand, starting to lecture about Zen, not that there's anything wrong with that either, is if you lecture about Zen as a professional cleric, as not somebody who has Zen, somebody who's talking about Zen, turning Zen as an intellectual experience, as a so-called spiritual thing, as opposed to being real life, then you're Ikkyu's enemy. See where I'm going with this? Ikkyu's story right there is perfect to capture this idea. I happen to write at some point this idea that 
the pinnacle of refinement needs to go hand in hand with sharp instinct and barbaric passion. This notion of combining this aspect together. And the life of Ikki Sojun is the perfect antidote to this holier-than-thou bullshit that characterizes so much of the spirituality business. Separating the physical, the raw, intense, passionate emotions, those aspects of life from the spiritual qualities end up doing a disservice both to spirituality and to those very characteristics that so-called spiritual people are fleeing from. You need both, if not to get along with Chuanzu or Linchi, at least to have a hell of a lot more fun in life. At least to be both the sweet, caring one and the bad boy at the same time. If nothing else, women will like you. And if you're a woman, sorry, I have no advice, because that's my experience. And the reason why you need both is because, according to Taoism, that's how you get the Tao, that's in a way how you achieve uh, Taoist enlightenment. And even if that's not so, because what the hell does Taoist enlightenment mean anyway? I mean... Maybe it's real and the sky opens and amazing things happen. Maybe, who the hell knows, you know, it's somewhat removed from ordinary concern when we put it that way, Taoist enlightenment. If it's not for that reason, well, maybe at least it can be in order to make life a whole lot more fun. Because who the hell ever said that spirituality can't be fun? 